a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Tomcat, Tommy Clowers. Thanks for uh, listening. Appreciate it. Can't wait to dive into everything and anything about Tom Clowers and, and the great racing career he had, as well as the uh, second career in uh, F- as one of the top FMX riders that we've saw uh, in the last little while. And he was a just a hero at Step Up. So thank you for listening. Flyracing.com, FR5 boots, uh, the the goggle, the Formula helmet, which is the pinnacle of helmet protection, the Formula CC, which is new for 21, a little uh, a cheaper version, a little bit different shell, but same exact safety features as the Formula helmet. So please check that out as well. Zach Osborne winning the 450 Motocross Championship wearing Fly Racing. And, of course, uh, Jason Wygant's favorite rider, Justin Brayton, also wearing Fly Racing. So please uh, go to your local dealer and uh, demand to see the latest and greatest from the folks at Fly. I was at a local track the other night, and a guy was wearing a bunch of mismatched Fly stuff that Kiefer would be upset about. But uh, just out of the blue, we were talking. He didn't know who I was, and he started telling me about how great the Fly stuff is, uh, just out of, uh, out of the deal. So um, please check that out. Uh, Maxxis Tires as well, MXSTs, developed by Jeremy McGrath. OEM Fitment. On the gas gas bikes, yeah, the folks at Maxxis have some OEMs uh, using their tires as well. The new gas gases will come with the STs, uh, great mountain bike tires, uh, great light truck tires, UTV tires, Maxxis.com, they've got you covered. Renthal as well, uh, I'm sure Tommy Clowers used Renthal at some point, right? Everybody's used it at some point. The winning brand in manufacturing design for the last half century, Renthal continues to lead the world to the very top level of sport, amassing more championship titles than all competing brands combined. Sprockets, chains, grips. Bars, oversized bars, 7-8 bar, rental.com for more information on that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Uh, here's Tommy Clowers. As promised, everybody, on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast, uh, a motocrosser, supercrosser, very good amateur racer, turned freestyle legend. And, uh, yeah, looking to catch up with him and talk, talk about uh, a few things. Uh, it's Tommy Clowers. What's up, Tommy? How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Uh, I don't hear much from you these days. What's going on with you? Uh, just living the uh, normal life, I guess. You yeah. Know? <laughs> down in San Diego? <laughs> You're down there? Yeah, still still uh, in Ramona. Yeah. Um, same spot I've been for the last 18 years. Oh, cool. Um, what do you What do you do? What's What, what keeps you busy? So I'm... Uh, the safety and risk specialist at Ramona Municipal Water District. Okay. How'd you fall into that? <laughs> You're like, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, huh? What? How'd you fall so, into that? Uh, yeah, this was uh, 
I mean, when I was still riding, I think uh, back in 2011, 10, 11, right in there, a friend of mine in construction um, recommended looking into, like, safety side of things because I was, I was already doing safety stuff for motocross, doing some lessons and, yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, so I started looking into that and ended up um, started taking some classes at uh, the UCSD OSHA Institute down in San Diego. Uh-huh. So I would take classes. Um, when I, you know, when I could, and then I would, while I was still doing some shows at the time, so trying to transition into something, and then uh, ended up, I think 2011, I came back from like a long, a month-long tour we did in India, uh-huh. and I think after that, it was kind of, you know, just some sporadic stuff, but mostly uh, looking for a normal job. Yeah, wow. I always felt like you dropped off quickly, like you still had you know, you were still one of the guys in freestyle. You were still doing well. Uh, um, a lot of things were going on with the freestyle revolution. Backflips were starting to come around, and now we're freaking doing front flips. But um, I always felt like you had a little bit more in you. Did you, did you too, or did you? Were you burnt out? Like, why'd you stop doing it? Like, it did seem you did it early, but maybe not. But that's what it seemed like to me from the outside. Well, I actually didn't retire till I was forty years old. Oh, okay, um, all right. <laughs> a lot of people. It, don't really realize that i didn't i didn't even start freestyle till i was 27 yeah um so because i was doing you know motocross and supercross and stuff like that so i was definitely one of the one of the older ones i think at the time uh, mike jones was really the only other guy right you know a little bit older than me yeah but uh um you know when i started not doing content i started concentrating on shows ramp to ramp shows so that kind of, I think, took me out of the limelight a bit. Right. Um, okay. Except if you're following, if you know. Yeah, I was shows. a total casual, like X Games and just the big stuff, right? <clears throat> like that casual freestyle guy. Yeah, so I wasn't at X Games anymore and stuff right. like that, but I was still riding a lot. Okay. Uh, what ramp to ramp stuff? That sounds crazier than freestyle, Tomcat. That sounds gnarly. Nah, I, I mean, it's, it's the same stuff, really. It's a. Uh, you know, you set your stuff up consistently yep. Yep. Um, and have control of the setup and stuff like that. So, right. I mean, it works out good. And, uh, you know, we teamed up with, I teamed up with Red Bull and, you know, we did shows all across the country and um, it, was, it was a really fun time. Cool. Were you teamed up with Tilton? Was it you and Tilton? Yeah, it was TNT Action Sports. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. No, that, that's cool. Uh, do you still ride at all? You got a bike? Actually, yeah, I'm uh, getting ready, getting some stuff ready to go ride in the Kikita tomorrow with my son, Cole. Oh, nice. Um, so I had shoulder surgery in May. Um, I didn't crash or nothing like that. It was just, it was a weird, I'm not used to these type of injuries, but it was a yeah. slow impingement thing that is more frustrating than crashing and actually getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I had surgery on that, and uh, so this will be my first time riding since then. Okay. Probably about eighty percent, but just get out there and cruise around with him and stuff. Right. Oh, that's cool. Uh, what do you do? You ride, what do you ride? Four stroke or two stroke? What do you What do you got? No, I still I still kept one of my two stroke. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. So uh, I'm a I'm a two stroke fan. Always been. Always yeah. have been. Right. I mean, I'd ride the four strokes when needed, but. Uh, my heart's in the in the two strokes. Right, right. Um, when you stopped doing it, did you have did you build up a little bit of a nest egg? I mean, you were in the kind of glory years of freestyle and a big deal, and there was money, more money than it in it then than now. Uh, did you were were you able to put some money away? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I had a you know quite a few good years there. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, there was a you know some 
some stock market issues. Yeah, yeah. And around 2005, that, that hit everybody, you know. So, right. But I think in the end, you know, uh, I've heard some other podcasted guys. Uh, you know, I turned. I, I'm doing all right. You know. Yeah. I just uh, the main thing I why I got into wanting to get a normal job is because I just didn't want to travel. Yeah. Um, the travel burnt me out. Was burning me out. You know, I've been doing it for a lot of years. Sure. And and then when you get married, I got married in. Uh, Oh five, and then had, you know, I have two kids now. Uh, Avery, I had in 07, or I didn't have uh, my wife. Melissa had in 07, and then uh, Cole in 09. So, you know, once you get to the airport, you're ready to get back home. Right, so, right. So the travel was the, was one of the main things, and then you know you start getting older, and, and different thoughts start creeping in your head when you uh-huh. when you're doing these ramp to ramp shows. I mean, you, it's programmed into you. You've hit, you've done your tricks. You've right. hit the ramp multiple times, but you can never really, uh, you never know if some unforeseen is going to happen, you know. Yeah. Chain breaks, this and that. You know, I've had a couple couple close calls with, with weird stuff like that happening. Uh, the bike bogging right at the face of the of the jump. And uh, right. I was luckily lucky to get out of it all good. Uh, yeah, and plus you just mentioned you were in India at some point. Like, yeah, you're, you're in India for, for God knows how long. You're just like, I want to I go back to Santee. I just want to get back. Yeah, that was a long one. That was like a month. I think it was for a month or two. Um, it was yeah. a really fun time, um, yeah. um, cool experience. But, you know, it's just, you know, those 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 were great days and fun days. But uh, yeah. just wanted to get something a little more stable and, and at home. And you're not, you're not having to be on the road. I mean, you got to be on the road if you're going to be yeah. doing well at that. You got to dispel a Tommy Clowers legend that I've heard uh, over the years. Uh, we have a lot of mutual friends and, you know, your name would come up or whatever. And, Somebody told me, hey, Clowers got out of the freestyle thing, like the the the, the contest and everything, because he didn't. He refused to flip. True or false? Mm, false. False. Okay. All right. Yeah. So That's somebody was just why. like, he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to flip. No. 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 Okay. If, um, I mean, I always thought anything that anybody does on a motorcycle, I could also do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I think everybody that is riding. F- you know, at the top level, thinks that yeah. you have to think. Sure, that. yeah. Um, but it just—it just was. I didn't need it for you know. I already built my name up, luckily. Right. Yep. And I was doing ramp to ramp shows, and it just didn't. I didn't. We just hired the kids to come flip, and everyone was good with me doing doing my Tomcat tricks. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No. Hey. I, I, yeah. Hundred percent. Like I, I get it. Right. Um. It's crazy because we were. I was just talking to somebody the other day about Instagram. And they're like, yeah, you see a guy doing a double front, and you just scroll past it. You just scroll. You're just like, oh, yeah, 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 I got it. And it's like, fuck, man, it is crazy where it's gone. It's just insane. It's always, you know, I've always noticed that with, with I mean, all sports, but ours, you know, it, you can't, it's very hard to impress people. Right. And, and if you do, it's gone in a second. Um so it's you know they always want everybody wants more and more and you know I dealt with that at the shows a lot too like you know Travis would do a double backflip or, or whoever did it in best trick at X Games yeah um, and at that time they were doing it off you know a, a special ramp like yeah. a kicker like a ramp kicker or ramp, something yeah, like yeah. that yeah but uh, at, you know so we'd be at shows and we'd go do a double backflip dude you know and they just they don't understand what it takes to do that. First of all, I'm not the writer to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we don't have the ramp set up and all that type of thing, you know. So, right. but once you do, you start doing your shows. You know, I think people uh, and they see it live up close like that. Yeah. You know, that was the cool thing about the ramp to ramp shows is we take it 
where you don't expect it. And that's the best part about that. If you go do them at a, which we did at supercrosses or yeah. racetracks or somewhere it's, you know, everybody else is racing. It's not, doesn't have the same impact, but when you take it to, um, on the snow or mm-hmm. at a, at a, I don't know, a bar district and they close down the, you know, downtown and stuff like that. that's where it really hits. And, yeah. And people really dig it. So were you and Tilton just cold calling people and setting stuff up and just trying to just trying to figure it out? Like, uh, no, we no? Okay. Uh, I teamed up with Red Bull early on. Okay. That's how it happened. Teamed up with Red Bull, and uh, we started doing shows all around the country with Red Bull, and uh, that was that was it. Uh, <laughs> we did, you know, we started doing some fairs, uh, Sacramento State Fair, yeah, um, a consistent thing there too. But really, it was it was based around Red Bull and, and marketing, right, the brand. Um, now, my buddy, our buddy Regis, told me you might have been the first ever Red Bull athlete in North America. Uh, yeah. Really? I was the first one with a uh, Red Bull helmet. With Red Bull helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. In in 99, I was uh, racing at Glen Helen, and uh, in, in one of the practices, I got you know locked up with a guy and uh, ended up tearing my rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I was coming back from that, and the X Games in 99 was down there. Um, I was actually living down there with a friend, just helping just hanging out. I was actually washing cars with my buddy, rehabbing my shoulder to make mm-hmm. some money. And anyway, so X Games came down there, and we went to this Red Bull house, and uh, they teamed up, and then they started showing a video. Uh, I think it was SMP's Disturbing the Peace. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not, that's me on the cover there. And yeah. then they start watching, oh, you're jumping that house. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so at the end of that weekend, they asked if I wanted to you know, ride for them, and they called it the Wings Program. Uh-huh. And so you would, you know, Send in, you get coverage, so you get a magazine shot or article. Yeah. I would save that, send it to them, and then you get, you know, get some money and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then the next year, I started building up, and then they asked if I wanted to um, have my helmet, get, you know, wear a branded yeah. helmet. And that was, I think, I think it was 99 right there. I think it was on Suzuki's then. It sounds about right. I, I did the German Supercross series as a mechanic in, like, 98, and they were telling me about this new drink, this this energy drink that just pumps you up, and you got to put vodka in it, and... <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, all right. Seems weird, you know what I mean? And, and and yeah, it seemed like then it was Red Bull was kind of exploding, you know. So, uh, but then again, Regis, you know, he could be full of lies, Tomcat. It's, it's Regis. <laughs> nah, so. Regis is a good good guy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm surprised uh, you never got into that world of stunts at all. You never did any of that, I, or did you? I did do. Oh, you I did? did do some of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, well, that's the other. So I started. I would you know if i get an opportunity i'll still do that type of stuff right right um you got the sad card and everything but yeah i did some commercial stuff and regis actually helped help me get into um hook me up with some of those types of things so uh yeah i did some commercial i think one was a super bowl commercial so i did a couple national commercials oh cool um and uh and stuff like that actually went back to regis's house uh when he's in louisiana and did some some stuff for a movie shoot, like oh, an online okay. thing. Shit, I didn't know so, that. Yeah, I've yeah, dabbled yeah, yeah. in that. Right. I'll definitely, I'll definitely try to do anything oh. like that if I get the opportunity still, though. That's where money is, Clowers. That's serious money <laughs> that's right, right there. Right? Like, that's just ridiculous money. So Yeah. Um. No, that's cool. Uh, Dude, and you were, I mean, look, freestyle is still going. And as we talked about, they're still elevating the bar. But when the guy with the garden gloves comes out and does a double back, uh, you know, onto a pile of leaves... Like, I almost felt like that was when it jumped the shark, right? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm more of a moto guy. But that's what I just was like, okay, all right. You know, we got this guy. He's charging $500 at a fair, and he'll do a double backflip. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to keep guys with undercut, um, you know, doing shows and they had undercut prices and, you know, to get shows. And yeah. that's, that's the tough part of it is trying to keep, uh, you know, right. keep the money in it. Um, and, uh, that was, you know, that's the next game thing when the, the best trick, um, do they still have the best trick? I don't even know. The, the last, don't. No, wait. I think it was the. I think the best trick is now a call-in thing, isn't it? Where you got to text in, which is so lame. <laughs> I. Don't, but I mean that. Man, that uh, event was hard to watch a couple years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guys are just getting hurt bad, and you know when you get guys that don't have a contest experience right. or, or consistency, and then they get to that stage of X Games and okay, roll down this and hit your. You know, <laughs> it's not in their backyard. It's not their yeah. normal setup. It puts a lot of pressure on you, and uh, you got to be able to deal with that pref- pressure and perform. I mean, that's what yeah. makes the top guys great. Um, yeah. And you can, you know, you saw that a few times where guys that I think chose not to even try their tricks sometimes, or they would, or they, you know, they didn't make them and crashed and got hurt too. The uh, the step up stuff that you got, you won gold at that. Um, that that must have been. Well, all of it, but the height of X, like, I don't know. And again, my buddy Eric Pernard, is, if he listens to this, he might get mad at me, but I just I just feel like X Games has just lost it. You know what I mean? I just, I don't, maybe I'm old. I don't know. I don't know what is, but I I don't care anymore, and maybe I need to, and maybe X Games, ESPN needs to pump it up more or whatever it is. But I just, I go back to when you were doing it, and Travis, and, and, and Deegan, and, and the eyeballs and the pressure and this packed arenas and that was a pretty cool era. I I mean I may be biased, but I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was the best era, also. Uh, step up stuff. Uh, you were really good at it. What was that like? I don't. I, I went down to one of them at, down at Staples Center, and until you see the face of that step, you you have no idea. Like TV doesn't do it justice. What's it like sitting there at the bottom? Uh, I mean, yeah, that that event evolved tremendously from how it first started. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually looking for the first step up trophy. I think I have it at home um, from the LXD event. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's very intimidating, especially because to build a step up good, you have to, you know, you have to have a gap because yep. you got you got to build it for when you're going high, uh-huh. so you can. And that's the hardest part about it is a lot of times it's you know it hasn't been like you start going higher and you start traveling farther out and guys are hitting flat bottom or close to yeah, it yeah um so to do that you have to have a gap and um and then like a, a step up actually you know yeah, you gotta yeah. make the landing higher so uh it's it's in, you got to hit it pretty hard the first time to actually clear it right and and hitting a brand new face like that um it's always you know it, it's kind of Everyone's kind of waiting around, like who's going to hit it first to <laughs> see how it's going to go. Yeah. But once someone does, it's just like everything with you know riders. As soon as someone hits it, then you then everybody feels more comfortable as long as everything went okay. Yeah. Oh, what? How was that? Oh, let's do this, that, that. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we have our own. Everyone has their. You know, we have our own language to talk, and and then it's on. Then you just start practicing and getting familiar with it. See how you know. See how it ruts up. If it ruts up. Um, so that's, you know, every step up is yeah. dirt, and there's different, you know, some are soft, some are rock hard, which rock hard is better. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things that go go into it. It's not the same every year. And and I guess there's, I'm, I'm thinking your moto skills that uh, would help you in an event like that, right? I feel like. Maybe oh, not. Def- yeah. 
Yes, definitely. I feel like if you're a good motocrosser, which you were very good, then that, that comes a little more natural, body English, moving the bike, that kind of stuff, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's. I mean, I knew, even when I was winning, and I knew that if guys like McGrath or Carmichael or right. you know any of the top riders wanted to come in and do this, they would be great at it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. any great rider, those guys, you know, do amazing things on bikes. Um, the, the one thing with Step Up that a lot of people – you know don't talk about a whole lot is is the bike itself like you know i was typically riding a stock bike with a pipe Mm -hmm. with with suspension yeah um suspension is the most important thing but when you start getting into step up and then you you know you start having the factory guys come in with their factory bikes i never got that opportunity to ride a bike like that in it Mm -hmm. but uh i i would think that it has to help right right uh, do you are you still following freestyle closely nowadays? Do you still like keep in touch with everybody? Is it kind of we moved on a little um, bit? Not, I'm not. I wouldn't say closely, but you know, I follow I follow a lot of, a lot of guys still on yeah. Instagram, and I mean, it's all a lot of it's really went to I don't know free riding in the hills and stuff. There's I feel like that, I don't yeah, know what yeah. contests are going on or right and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like the money isn't there as much. I go to Geneva and Bercy every year. Well, not this year, but normally every year, you know, and. That's a couple of big cont- big uh, uh, shows that the guys are, are into and uh, make pretty good money. But I don't know outside of that. Like, I know the X Games still pays stuff. But, yeah, like, do tour and and those little contests that would pop. I don't know what if those are still going on, you know? Yeah, I don't yeah. think I – I don't know if IFMA is still going or right, right. any of that thing to, you know, to try to piece a, a year together. Right. Um, I know back in our day, like, you know, me and Mike Jones would – Shoot, man, we'd go to Europe a lot, and that was awesome. You yeah. know, we like Geneva and Paris and Percy yep. and all over the place, all around the world, and uh, and it was it was good times. I mean, it was it was a it was kind of weird for me. Like I remember a race called the Fast Cross in Italy. Yeah, and I never went to it when I raced, but <laughs> yeah, when yeah. I was freestyle, I went there, and I was factory Honda, or they brought me in there, so I'm in the semi with McGrath and Morocco, <laughs> and they brought me there, and Mike Jones there, but he, he was with Cowie, but, yeah. and I, so I'm in there, and I'm just laughing, I'm like, I'm here to, I still got to ride the moto, so it's 30 minutes, but I'm here to jump, yeah, and yeah. do tricks down the downhill, <laughs> and this and that, so it was just kind of ironic, right, right. you know, I'm like, man, I worked so hard, or, you know, racing to try to get into that position, yeah. but, here I am, <laughs> and, and making a lot more money. <laughs> yeah. Um, how many times did you see Mike Jones with a Crown Royal bag over his head do a jump? I mean, was did that oh. just, did that just get old after a while? You're just like, here, here he goes again. Uh, it never gets old. Mike, Mike <laughs> has a lot of good tricks, man. He's a he's a legend, dude. He's a legend. Like when I went to Germany, he was he, dude. He brought the whole place down. You know what I mean? People yeah. were just dying for Mike Jones. It was crazy. Oh, he's a blast. Yeah, yep. he has. I always tease him. He has as many tricks at the bar as he did on his bike. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sure. What was the? What was the? I have these questions for later, but I may as well get into them now. So, you, like you said, you traveled the world doing this. Uh, what was the most you ever got paid to do a freestyle show, and what was the coolest place you went to? Oh man, uh, I really like Prague. We would go there, and the, you know, it's all about the group you're with. Yeah, I believe yeah. traveling, um, and the promoter was great. We we would go like a week early sometimes, and and just you know. The city was great, yeah. so I always had a lot of fun there. I don't think that's the most I've ever got paid there. I don't, uh, I don't know. I'd say you know you go back and forth, but like winning X Games is probably the most. Oh, is but it? You yeah. earn, yeah. you earn that. Yeah. Yeah. But overseas, you go and you you know you get like 
they call it start money. Right. You're, you're paid to come ride like, you know, 10 grand around there. Right, right. Uh, the, did you do the X Fighters in Barcelona? That looked rad. That always looks I so did cool. do X yeah. Fighters. I did it. I did it when it was in Spain. Yep. I believe in a bull arena. Yeah, in Bar- the first. Right. Is that Barcelona? Yeah, it's yeah. Barcelona. Yeah, insane. It looked nuts. Yeah, it was the, the one. The time we did it was the first time anything other than bullfighting had been done in that arena. Oh. So, pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then when you look at, the, I mean, it's so loud in there. You know, they got their their chainsaws with no chains going, and <laughs> the way the state the bull arena just is super steep yeah. and just tight. Man, those those are uh, those. Uh, those crowds give you chills, man. It's yeah. super loud. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, the stuff, the memories you have uh, of all these contests you've been in, all these places you've been, and and people chanting your name and screaming for you, like, this is pretty fucking cool, you know? Oh, no, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. definitely, uh, you know, the, the older the get, older you get, the more you appreciate it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah. those times, you're, you know, you're kind of bouncing around a lot to different, you know, doing shows and this and that. So mm. probably didn't appreciate it as much as I should have, but, uh, you know, I definitely do. Uh, the whole experience. What was the sketchiest place you went to? Oh, um, well, any of those places can be sketchy. <laughs> going around a lot of the, a lot of the times, you know, it was so. That's where people don't understand. Like, oh, hey, do you want to go to? You know, you could bring a mechanic with you sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I brought you know friends that were, weren't the best mechanics, but <laughs> but we could get by. We just had it, you know. Yeah. So uh, anyway, you do it. You leave on a Thursday. You get there on a Friday. You jump on a Saturday. You you come home on a Sunday, yeah. and then boom. Then you turn around. Say you're going to Paris. Then you turn around. And you fly home. Then you go to Italy. Yeah. The next weekend, and then and they're like, whoa, wait, jet lag. I can't. What's going on? And right. you know they don't. Then they're like one trip and done. And so they you kind of give them what it what it looks like. But so that was most of the trips. They're pretty much in and out. Yeah. I remember one time in Paris. I I, I landed. You know, there was sometimes there's flight issues and whatnot. I landed that morning, Saturday morning, jumped Saturday night, and left Sunday. So I was <laughs> on, I was on the in the plane more than I was at the yeah in the, venue. In the arena. Yeah. But yeah, um, Prague was always fun. We had a great time there. Um, Australia actually, um, crusty tour. Yeah, that was a great time. You know, we spent a, over a month there hitting hitting all the different spots. I think it was seven seven cities. Right. Um, but you know, there's definitely so many good times. Yeah, how many how many air miles you got? Jesus, I don't even know. No, I was, uh, I was over the million miles. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I, I just I just passed a million last year, and I and I was really depressing when you think think about it. I was just like, oh my god. You're so, kind of stuck because you know, oh, I get upgraded, I can do. You're like you're stuck, but then you're like, wow, I put in all this. Yeah. What it takes to get there, you're like. Huh. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Tommy Clowers on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Maxis and Renthal, of course. Also, uh, the guys at Race Tech do a great job. You ever use Race Tech? Come on. Oh yeah, you had to. Yeah, yeah. RaceTech.com. Pulp twenty is the code to save with the folks at Race Tech. Give your bike some love. Change it. Get the oil oil change in your suspension. Get motor work done. Whatever it is. Uh, Thanks to those guys for coming on board this podcast. Also, Um, all right. Let's go into the time machine a little bit. Let's go back. Like, so you're you're San Diego guy. You're you're late eighties, mid eighties, late eighties. You're racing eighties, dude. Dogger, RJ, Craig, Glover. Are you riding with those guys? I mean, not like practice. Are you seeing them in the hills? Are you out the same tracks as them on your eighty? Like, how's this going? Uh, yeah, just like that. Um, me and I mean, mostly me and Mike Craig were pretty much inseparable. Okay. At that time, I, I rode every day with with Mike. Um, you know, he was like my big brother. Um, 
So, but we would go around, you know, lost coaches. There were different spots. We would meet up sometimes with with Ronnie. Um, he lived over um, in Crest, and we'd meet over there. I mean, you could just ride through the hills yep. over there in El Cajon and different tracks here, and we ride to here. and It was, it was just so awesome. And Santee had a bunch of stuff, the sand pits out behind my house. Um, you know, Brock was a little – I did ride with Brock a little bit. Yep. He was a little bit – before that, um, but I had a friend Jeff Grafton who lived across the street from him up in Oklahoma. Yep, and we would we would ride with uh, Brock a little bit. Um, that was a little bit earlier, you know, it was maybe sixty to eighty transition. Yeah, yeah he right passed then. away like uh, what late eighties or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. So so yeah. So j- this is just life for you growing up. You're just like yeah. There's 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 Ronnie. There's Mike Craig. Mike Craig is probably what Team Green at this point or something, right? Like uh, that that kind of era for for Craig. Um, team. Mike was not really Team Green. He was more Yamaha. Oh, was he Yamaha? Okay, I was thinking. Yeah. Early pro career, he switched to Team Green. I thought, but okay, so Yamaha. Well, yeah, he, you're right. You're right. Yeah. He did right. Yeah, he did right. Team Green then. Um, um. Yeah. All that Team Green then Yamaha. I mean, we right. we rode. He, I was mostly Team Green. On, I was on dude, minis though. Yeah. How sick was Craig? Probably when you went out to Palm Avenue. Must have just been ridiculous. Oh, I mean, that Palm Avenue was so such a good spot to ride. I mean, yeah, yeah definitely Mike was there. I mean, we would do cliff jumps. And, yeah, yeah. And he would, like, oh, do this, you know, and he's on a 125 and I'm on an 80. So he'd, <laughs> he'd push me. You can do it. You know, like, sometimes yeah. he's, like, there to catch you or yeah. down at the bottom or, you know, to, I don't know. But, I mean, I definitely attribute Palm Avenue to to a lot of my bike skills. Yeah. Um, and, and they especially, you know, I think helped out with Step Up. Yeah, I think about that, sure. right? Step Up and Palm Avenue, like, it's the same thing. You just got a bunch of people watching you, but basically the same kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, the place was is very intimidating to ride unless right. you go there with someone that knows it. Because um, you'll, you'll look at a, a, the, you know, a bunch of cliff jumps and just be like, what's what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. And then you start seeing people hit the different, different lines up it and stuff and right. kind of starts making sense. Uh, were these guys cool to you? I mean, obviously, Craig, like you said, you guys were inseparable. Was Ronnie and Glover and RJ, were these guys cool? Or I mean, were they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody was super cool. I mean, actually, um, I before my shoulder, so right before May, I actually went golfing with Ronnie recently up by the course by my house. Oh, okay. That was a great time, man. We started yeah. reminiscing, and he golfed quite a bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm getting my – I think I can start swinging again, so looking forward to – to try to play some more rounds with him and and uh, uh you know everybody was always cool it, yeah. was, it was a good vibe and everybody well, helped everybody get out there and go fast maximo takes fridays off so that's where ronnie's at golf <laughs> that's course. right that he is does. where he, he is yeah yeah for sure um was bader manet around then or was that before your time no bader was i did ride with bader a lot yeah, yeah. we both lived in santee at right. the time right. um so he wasn't older than me too but then uh but I mostly rode with Mike, um, but I did ride with Bader yeah. quite a bit, too. You you were a really fast 80 rider. Um, you know, you were in ads. There were magazine stories about you. Um, uh, phenomenal kind of, you know, amateur rider coming up. When did you start, like, were you, were, was your, how'd your dad get into it with you? Did, did, when did you start getting good and be like, hey, I want to be like Mike Craig and RJ and these dudes? Like, when, when did that kind of start happening? So um, I started racing BMX when I was six. Okay. Um, and then at, I did really well. Now I think it was number one in the world and seven year old expert or some, something. And uh, and then I, we were riding our bikes around. My dad was in the Navy, and so we were in the Navy housing, riding our bicycles around. And we came across Mike Craig and his dad out washing his bike. Okay. 
And so Les Craig, Mike's dad, actually, you know, my, they, they started talking, and then they took me out riding, and, and Les taught me how to ride on a JR50 out in Tierra Santa, and uh, that triggered triggered the whole deal. Then my dad okay. bought me a YZ60, and uh-huh. and we would go started going riding with them all the time. And uh, next thing you know, um, we're going to Verona and, and starting to race. Yeah, and you got good at it. You were good at it, clearly. BMX skills transferred right over. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Um, I guess it didn't take take. Um, yeah, it didn't take that long. Right. Did you? Uh, was okay. So Craig, obviously, like Mike's off track stuff is. He's known for some wild antics over the years. Let's put it that way. Did you kind of know that stuff? Was he? Was he? Were you trying to play it straight edge? Were you kind of getting involved in some of that stuff? Or like, well, that all happened later. Yeah, later on. Okay. Yeah, yeah that was, and when we were. When we were younger, riding it was riding, riding training, riding yep. training. You know, um, it was it was, that wasn't none of that stuff going on. He was so talented. God, was he good, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like as far as practicing goes, yeah, he oh was so fast. Right. I mean, just practice, practice was just ripping. And I mean, we go, you know, kids don't ride like out in the hills much, or because I mean, you can't. But, yeah. you know, out in the hills, just dry, dusty, slippery, rocky, ruddy, right. just everything. I mean, and especially in Southern California. So you're you're going to learn throttle control or you're going to fall a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. but, he would, you know, it was, it was, that's how, you know, you go ride that type of stuff. And Mike was really good at it. So I learned a lot from him. And then you go to the tracks that are watered and prepped. And, you know, it would just made it that much easier. Yeah. So when do you start getting Team Green help? I start, uh, shoot. I think I, I rode Yamaha's first. Yep. Um, and then, and then team, I, I don't know the year, but I remember the heyday years were obviously like, I think 88, 89. Yeah. Right in there. But I, I think, I mean, I rode, I rode for Honda, I rode for Suzuki, and then, and then Team Green also, and Yamaha. I rode all four, I think. Right, right, right. Uh, cause I, I remember Cowie was kind of, you know, looking at you and grooming you a little bit for, for you know pro stuff you win yeah. loretta's in 91 250a class loretta's you win you're always the top three guys at loretta's uh mm-hmm. you turn pro in 91 was that just a support ride like a box here's a box fan and some bikes uh what would they have greater plans for you as far as the factory stuff yeah no i didn't have fa- I, that it was support um yeah i think after tennessee that year 91 i went straight to millville mm-hmm. and rode the first pro my first pro national there i think with a couple crashes, I ended up getting 15th overall, right yeah. around there. Yeah. So at the time, I was like, ah, but you know, that that's actually not wasn't too bad. <laughs> right. Um, but and then the next year, I ended up, I think, I think I, yeah, I ended up going to NCY. Uh, Yamaha. Uh, yeah, 92. You. Yep. You. It says Kawasaki in the uh, in the Racer X results, but maybe 93. You're on Yamaha at that point, NCY. But. Okay. Yeah. Um, you got. You were a consistent top ten in Supercross, but just like nothing, like no, like no, like Mitch ain't calling and, and nobody's calling. Like at that point, for you? No, I had. I mean, no, not. I wouldn't say calling, but you had. We had conversations. It was close. Was you it? Know? Yeah. I was in. I think I was in the talks, maybe. I, I hope. But uh, you know, I did. Yeah, my first year, in Supercross. I believe I got fourth. No, I got seventh in the series yeah i mean i think these are good results for a kid like how old are you yeah you're you're 17 or whatever right 18 i don't know i was 18 i think right right. 
And then the next year I got fourth in the series, and that was my bet. I got a couple fourth places where uh, I was so close to podiums, but, yep. you know, didn't get it. And then the next year is where I got – that was my, you know, hopefully year to, you mm-hmm. know, have a chance at the – with the title and stuff, and I ended up crashing in uh, press day in Texas. I tried a triple jump and just cased it, and uh, I actually didn't crash, but I just bounced off it and yeah. and land, and then still on the bike, pulled over to a hay bale on the left and uh, put my foot up, and I just That's... I broke one ankle and hurt the other ankle. They had to like just straight lift me off my bike and put me on the stretcher, and oh. so that was a tough year. And and then I came back from that. Um, healed up, came back, and you had to, if you're not in the top 10 in points, you're at a day qualifier. Right. And uh, so I was in the day qualifier, and I got the whole shot, but someone came inside and, and hit my leg, and it hit hit my leg against the, the subframe right there by yep. the peg. Yep. And, and that broke my ankle again, that ball, um, the ball that sticks out there. Yeah. Um, so I started to try to go, and I couldn't put pressure on it. So, boom, that whole year was uh, was done. Wow. Um, yeah, because I mean, obviously, look, you were a, you were a hyped amateur. Like, did you? I mean, what you know, you what class were you coming out of? I mean, this this is kind of like right right behind Jeremy a little bit, right? As far as the class is concerned, like the next year. Oh, with so. other riders. Yeah, yeah, like you were one of those guys in the mix. Yeah, I, I think the year I got fourth is like Jimmy Gaddis, Phil Lawrence, um, Buddy Antnett. He was in there, but he yeah. he went pro a year before me, right? Um, but you got Ryan Hughes, you got, I mean, a lot of top guys in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're having good results to me is the point where I'm like, oh, geez. Okay. So just nobody kind of looked at, looked at you for anything, for anything other than well, a support ride. Also there, you know, now the good thing about motocross nowadays is there's a lot more support rides. Yes. Where, um, back then there, there really wasn't. No. You had, you had team, you had Mitch's team and then. NCY was developing. Yeah. Other than that, it was like factories. Yeah. So true. So, there wasn't a, a lot of rides to be had. Also, who's on NCY with you? The that- first year it was Tyson Volwin. Yeah. Um, and then the second year was Mike Metzger and Donald Upton. Yeah, I dude, I ran into Upton at State Fair. Just met. Oh, really? Yeah, I hadn't seen Upton since like '97 or '96. He was like, "Hey man, I read your stuff. I, I listen to your podcast and stuff. I'm Donald Upton." I'm like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "We met before." He he, of course, had no idea. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I hadn't seen Upton since yeah for 20 years. So he's still he's a fireman or I don't know what he's doing. I forget. But yeah, he was a nice That's guy. Cool. So yeah, uh, I hadn't seen him forever. So also, um, and this is a reoccurring theme in these podcasts I do with the early to mid 90s motocross racers. Yeah, if you weren't on a Honda, you in a 125 class, you weren't on as good of a bike as you needed to be, <laughs> right? On a Honda? Yeah, like you, you, if you weren't on a Honda. Oh, if you weren't. Yes, okay. yes, they were pretty good back then. Yeah, they they were. Yeah, definitely. Um. So okay. Uh. At some point, you know, you're getting your injuries, everything else. Uh. Regis told me a story, like in '99. You're coming back from Dallas. You're a privateer now, and you you tell him you're doing some jump contest, and he calls you an idiot. <laughs> is that is that a true story? Yeah, yeah. Me and Reed, uh we jumped in his, uh I forget what it was. It was yeah. just a normal little truck, and we drove to Texas with our race bikes in there to go race. Yeah, and that was a fun trip. Um, but 
Yeah, that was. Well, shoot, that was later then. That was yeah. In, he uh, said he said it was like ninety nine or something. Yeah. Yeah, ninety eight, yeah. ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. So that was the start. Of, yeah. Well, it was no one knew about it, right. including myself. You know, we didn't know what to <laughs> think. Yeah. I think one of the first times I really it really set in for me was. I, I started racing East Coast Supercross too back back yeah. in like in, at the end of the nineties. Mm-hmm. So I was in Daytona, and I raced there. And uh, you know, I, I mean, I would do all the make all the mains and stuff, but I just was didn't do that well, crashed or something. And then I had a Mike Craig had a let me ride his Honda 250 out, and the, there was a freestyle event in Vegas. Okay. So they brought that up there. I flew out to Vegas, and I rode. I rode the freestyle. I got like seventh or whatever. I mean, I we're all creating tricks. Yeah, I what mean, were you doing? Was I was like, going to say, what were you going to do? I was doing look back. And <laughs> <laughs> I was doing whatever I could do. Yeah. And just trying to do it big. But, uh, I mean, that was like when Travis was doing, you know, the cliffhanger that, that wasn't a cliffhanger nowadays. But, you know, just yeah, yeah. everything was just being created. I mean, even the jumps themselves were, were big. Yeah. 100-foot jumps and, and all this stuff. And we're riding at night and uh, – but, you know, so I didn't make money in Daytona. I flew home, and I made money here. They had some big $50,000 purses. Really? At, the, at yeah. those first, I, um, I think they're, what were those ones called? New Leaf was putting it on with okay. uh, Lou Lawrence and, <sighs> and that team. Yep. I think Eric Hilton was part of it. Um, so they had some big purses. They had, like, three rounds that year. So I'm like, whoa, I need to start concentrating on this a little bit. So I ended up... Uh, Hooking up with a buddy of mine, Fudge, who lives in Alpine, and we built a we built just a dirt ninety foot dirt jump, and just did circles and hit the jump, hit the jump, hit the jump, and just try to start learning tricks. And so I just that's when I really started focusing on that, and yeah. uh, and it started to turn around for me. Was it tough to let go of the moto thing? I mean, at that point, you you know you hadn't had a lot of success as much as you had early in your career, but I mean, this is what you were groomed for. This is what you did. This is what you were projected yeah. to be. Was it tough to let that go, or or you're like, yeah, whatever, got to make money? No, it was. I mean, well, after the you know, we were talking about kind of my heyday of riding in, in ninety in the early nineties. Yeah. Then I had the whole. Then it was privateering it for the next four years yeah and that's tough you yeah, know yeah, yeah, out there yeah. chasing around you're you know driving to the nationals you're working on bikes you're staying out, you know away from home a lot um you know i had had some great help some you know i stayed with scott chic a lot i stayed mm-hmm. with um and you know teamed up with some great people and i appreciate everybody that helped me out but it's still it's still tough um so the fact and you're not making you know no. you're really not making that great a living or anything yet so the fact that you start making money at something is very motivating <laughs> and uh, yeah it you know so I, it wasn't really i i don't even know if i even thought that i'm leaving Mo- motocross yeah 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 i just was like hey i'm gonna go take this opportunity and try to make some money here and then you know eventually after well, I think uh, 99 was no, – no, yeah, 99 was the first X Games. Um, so after that, but I broke my wrist last practice. But uh, um, that was when I knew, like, you know, it was time to yeah. focus on that. Yeah, and especially 125 Supercross, like, there's no purse money. Like, it's garbage. You know? No, I don't even know if it's changed since I've raised. Uh, not much. It's probably a hundred dollars more. That's about it. Yeah, that's that's crazy to me. Still. Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely insane. Uh, San Diego '93 hometown. You get fourth. That had been a cool night. Pashawn wins. 
Yeah, yeah. No, no, that was a very cool night, and that's one of the opportunities I thought I could have got third. Mm-hmm. Um, I was battling with, like, I couldn't get by Lance Schmale. Yeah. Me and him would have some battles, man. I mean, we're totally opposite. He's tall and lanky yeah, and I'm yeah, short. Yeah. But, uh, and then Phil Lawrence came and passed us both, and then I eventually got by Lance. But it was too late then. I was there, so ended up getting fourth in that one. Right, yeah, hometown crowd and everything. Right, that's that, that had to be pretty cool. Dogger, Dogger still talks about when he won eighty three San Diego and how it was just amazing for him. He hooked up with so many chicks that next week. It was great. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's Dogger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You never rode a lot of two fifty Supercross, um, and there was more money in that, and it was better to be a privateer in that. Was it more like? bikes and parts or i mean you're a smaller guy did you not feel as comfy on a 250 uh you never gave that a real shot yeah i, I mean i did do a few and yeah. I, I qualified for a few mains um and i actually i think i tried to ride both classes yeah like barry carson or something <laughs> right but uh yeah i just i mean i was it was i could ride it pretty good but mm-hmm. i couldn't I couldn't hammer it. You right. couldn't. I couldn't ride it like you had to. Right. Um, you know, so I could make the main, but that was about, you know, as far as I was going to get in that. Right. So I think my best chance to do well would, was in the 125 class. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Didn't you, uh, by the end, weren't you wearing baggy gear in Supercross? Didn't you bring that to yeah. Supercross? Yeah. Yeah, so I started with S&P, and I think that was 96-ish. Okay. I remember one time we are in Tampa, Florida, and we're riding the uh, – the heat race and they made me this like ace ventura button-up shirt with my name and number <laughs> on the back so i i have it on you get in i had a lot of first red bull helmet first yeah baggy gear first yeah <laughs> so uh i'm on the line and they go wait they're like stop like you got to tuck that in i'm like what so i had to get off my bike tuck my shirt in like they got the 30 second board up <laughs> so i jump back on Boom. And I, I mean, I had speed that year. So yeah. I was, I got second in the heat right behind John Dowd. And I was feeling good that night. Uh-huh. And then in the main came off turn and we did the step on step off and, and me and uh, Timmy Ferry got together and went down. And so again, coming from the back of the pack, yeah. you know, ended up, I don't know, maybe 10th, 8th, right in there, but right, right, still, right. still didn't get a, get what I thought yeah, I could have got. I was wrenching then for, I, I worked for the PJ one team in 96 and then a, then a guy named Ty Birdwell in '97, and uh, oh, yeah. and I was remember thinking like, oh, Tomcat, he's running the baggy, like it's, it wasn't it wasn't everywhere back then. I'm like, look at that, that's ballsy, baggy. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, what a trendsetter you are, Tommy. <laughs> 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 um, no, it's it's a it's a nice motocross career. Don't get me wrong. I, as a I'm a failed pro rider, so to to get a top ten in a main event is, is something that I would only dream of. Uh, for you, do you? have regrets about that end of stuff do you look back at the results you had as an amateur and and some of the early results and then obviously you talked about those injuries but some regret on your end that the moto thing didn't work out like you really dreamt of yeah definitely i mean that's i mean that was the that's what it was there was no other option yeah there wasn't freestyle or, or free riding or filming like there is now it was racing um so I th- I really think those key years were that when I got hurt mm-hmm. um, on NCY it really I don't I mean I know you can come back and but it just then you just you know a lot of things come with it I, that was the best year I had the equipment yep um, you know bikes do come into play um, so it, you know I did my best after that but it just never really yeah. never got back to that level I needed to and you think it was like a lot to do with the ankle and 
repeated ankles, <laughs> repeated ankle injuries? Yeah, I mean, you know, any injury, you get surgery on hurts, you have to come back from that. But, uh, it's just, you know, the whole program makes – I mean, you hear guys talk about it now, and, and they're in, you know, rigs with everybody, and they got, yeah. you know, suspension guys and motor guys and this and that, you know. You don't hear about the privateers anymore, right? So that you know that much. I know they're out there and they're doing the same stuff we did. But yep. when you're changing your filter in between motos, when you're, <laughs> you know, you don't, you can't swap clutches out. Yeah, you don't. You know, I know they're riding four fifties now, but no, they still um, swap clutches out. Trust me. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's you know that's what I mean. You, you just you're competing the best you can with with what you got. And I'm not I'm not using. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's an excuse. I, it's just not as fresh as what mm-hmm. someone else is running. Plus, you got the fact that they're great riders. So, you know, you're trying to keep up with a rider that's as talented or more than you, and now you're on, you know, the suspension comes into play big time, too. I've never had factory suspension, but one person, the dogger, he talks, he always talks about, like, the, I think it was his 85 Honda or something like that. Like the suspension, he's like, that's the best bike ever. Like, yeah. I've never really ridden, I wouldn't, I guess I haven't ridden a bike with, factory suspension like that so yep. it's hard to uh to you know right. know what that means but apparently it means something <laughs> yeah yeah i know I, I think so uh so you're like an 80 rider in like 86 87 are you not i don't want to say hanging out with are you watching this guy named mcgrath he's not san diego but you know he's not far from there are you seeing jeremy kind of come up and, and at times are you like wait wait he's the best supercross racer ever what huh do you ever have any of those old stories about that um, I used to hang out uh, where I would see Jeremy Moore is I would hang out up at Richie Canyon with oh, yeah. Joel Albrecht, Jeremy Albrecht, Buddy, yep. um, Billy Feltz, and, and and Jeremy McGrath. And, you know, those guys would all – everybody would ride together, you know. It was, yeah. so, it was so cool. And they had a, and Richie Canyon is a great place to ride. I wish I, you know, could have spent more time up there. I was kind of always – well, after, after those – the main guy, you know – Except it was just me and Mike at one point, you yeah, know, yeah. down here that really, like, a lot of the older guys, you know, Dogger. Yeah, they were all retired, guys. right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, did, I mean, he, he, he bloomed late. He didn't have the amateur career that, that, yeah, that some did, but he, uh, he, he made it happen when it counted. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right. I, some guys are just like, yeah, man, I remember Jeremy. Like, he was good, but, all of a sudden, he just took off. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, he got good, fast. Yeah, know? I tell people, you know, in hindsight, you know, when you're doing 80 expert and this and that, yeah. and, you know, you think it's the world. Yeah. But it doesn't – I mean, all that's great, and that means you're riding good, but it doesn't matter till you get on a big bike. And right. how are you going to adapt to the big bike, and how fast are you going to go there? That's where it – that's what makes the money. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely, right? It doesn't <clears> – yeah, I mean – Again, uh, Alessi, Mike Alessi had a fantastic career as a pro, but, you know, watching him through the Loretta's and Ponca and all that, you're like, this guy's going to win, uh, you know, five, ten titles as a pro, right? And he doesn't win any. And, and right. again, he has a great career. He's made millions of dollars. You and I would trade that in a second. But, yeah, you just never know. You just don't know. So, it, it, you know, same thing with Stanton, right? Stanton, nobody looked at Stanton and was like, oh, yeah, he's going to kick ass as an amateur. Yeah, or, or I think Larocco kind of too, you know. Right. Yeah, those guys and and uh, yeah, it's, you never know until you get on the big bike. Yeah. So moving, yeah. So ninety nine, you do the jump contest and, and you kind of, you know, like you said, you, you leave Moto behind because that's where you can make money. And then at, at some point, I'm guessing you're you're on the line at an X Games or at a contest, and you're just like, holy shit, this is awesome! Like you're probably, I mean, you're making, I don't know, I, what 
tons of money at that point, right? I mean, you're probably making like a low end factory rider at your peak. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, for the era, I think I was one of the one of the highest paid probably. But I don't know. We didn't we didn't you know we didn't all talk about yeah what everybody's making really. But I think I was doing okay. Right. Um, but I was I was putting in putting in work, doing re- getting results. You know, I, yeah. I wasn't. I didn't only do X Games all year. I would ride all kinds of contests. I did IFMAs. I did shows. I went to Europe and X Games. X Games was just a one yeah one event a year thing. Um, until they started doing Winter X Games and they had to start going to those. Um, for oh, you uh, did you know. did Winter X? Yeah, I did it for three years. I think. Oh, how was that, dude? That looks miserable to me. <laughs> I don't know. It was a, the first time we were driving. It was like snowing everywhere. I remember we, we, me and Clifford out of Dante were flying into Colorado, and then we we're supposed to fly up to Aspen, and it, it was you couldn't fly in, so we had to rent a van and drive in. It's just snowing, and we're like, what are we doing? How are we going to do this? <laughs> but uh, it ended up working out. But yeah. it is definitely tough. I mean. Um, you know, we just had to hit one jump, but you had, you know, the, the screws or nails in your tires oh. and the face, you know, the whole thing had to be like ice. Cause if it's not, it's very, it's like mud, but slipperier. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but it was good. I, 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 you know, I think I got a silver and a bronze. So I, you yeah. know, I did all right in it. Uh, yeah. Flying Hawaiian. I uh, used to do the Superman where just let his legs go out and it just blew everybody's minds. Just blew everybody's <laughs> minds back then, right? You're like, oh shit, he's hanging yeah. on the bars and his feet aren't behind him. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, good times back then. That's a, the a flying Hawaiian. Um, what's the worst crash you had in a freestyle? Do you have one that that comes to mind? Hmm. There's there's been a few. I mean, anytime you go, that's the thing with our sport, and that it frustrates me too watching other everybody else like knee slide out like skaters or right. they knee slide you know you do sh- shows with a lot of other you know skaters and bmx guys and this and that yeah but we when we crash it hurts and yeah. hopefully you can walk away so um i had a tough one in uh, australia my i don't mike sinkmars was ahead of me and he he yep. pulled off and we we're jumping over a band and it was and it's just a normal ramp jump, but yep. I don't know. I drugged the back brake or something off the lip, or just something. I was coming up way too short, oh. so I pushed my bike away, uh-huh. hoping to land on the airbag. <laughs> but I actually hit the airbag and and the side of the and the front of the ramp and went through the airbag, and that one was like a truck under it, onto the truck, onto the ground. No way! My bike just oh my stuck. god! <laughs> the bike just stuck into the front of the ramp, like standing up, broke the shock in half. And stuff like that, but uh, well, oh. I didn't break anything, luckily. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I was just super bruised up. Okay, so you went into the face of the ramp, onto the airbag, off of the airbag, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God! Dude. No, in in between the, t- oh. the you know, the landing yeah. deck, yeah, and the airbag in between that little. There's not even a gap there, but yeah. me hitting it, I went in between there. <laughs> You're stuck down there, right? You're just like, hell. Yeah, they're like, where did you go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that would suck. Especially... You're in Australia, so that's not so bad. But crashing in some third world country where you're doing a ramp to ramp thing, you're like, oh god, <laughs> please. Yeah, you know we've done. Yeah, we didn't show it all around. You did kind of. I don't know. That's yep. the part where I started talking about thoughts creeping in. Yeah, you know those yep. would creep in when you're when you're on you know on your game, but then they you, you, they get out quick because you can't have you know you just go do your work. Right, right. So when they start creeping in more and more. You start going risk to reward. Hmm. 
Who, is it happening? Who's the guy that made you just shake your head in awe at or, or, or admire or a guy that you thought was the, the most talented ever? I mean, I'm thinking Travis, but maybe not. Like, is there somebody where you were just like, shit, that dude is so good? In freestyle? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're all at the top. I never yep. put people on pedal like, or I never really thought that. I was that way my whole career. I never really like had right, right. idols or something, you know. Right, right, right. But, no, yeah. I mean, I respect respected everybody, but I mean, guys that would really flow. I always liked um, Mike Mason, the way he does that holy grab. I mean, that is so hard to do when mm-hmm. you let go of the bar. Because I would do my rock solids. I would come off the bar to the grab holes and then and then kind of set the bike and then take my hands off yep. and then come back and then come back to the bars. Right. So he started doing that and I the way he floated from that. I always thought I like tricks that that people hold and float with right. versus trying to cram multiple tricks into one jump. Right. I know that we had to start trying to do that for contest type stuff where you'd want to do combos, but I I didn't really like I don't like the look of it. It was just for judging yeah. i guess but um mike mike was really good at that he would flow with stuff i mean there's a lot of guys that would um how you know everybody did certain tricks with you know their mm-hmm. their go-tos you know yeah like I, like yeah when you watch a guy and he gets full extension and he holds it you're right it's it's pretty impressive like whatever yeah, whatever he's doing the whole thing looks smooth yeah yeah absolutely i always thought it was funny how travis would, would lay down a run like he was doing a moto you know what I mean? And just, just attack yeah. the corners and everything and get more tricks in than some of you guys. And it was almost like I was. I often wondered, just as an outside viewer, Tommy, who doesn't know much about FMX, I'm like, why don't they all do that? At least the guys that know how to moto, you know? It's And I tried to incorporate some of that, like, at X Games. But, but you get into a routine where when you come to the ramp, that's how you time the ramp the way you come to the ramp. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. I was always used to – I always got on the gas later, like right at the bottom of the ramp. So I didn't want to come up to the ramp super quick because mm-hmm. I'm in second gear. Right. And it just – it throws your timing off. Plus, you you could rev out too quick of the gear. So – but Travis was able to – he was always able to adapt. To, he would just – I don't know if he had a a routine, a routine like a, a, a consistency, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. He would just be all sideways, oh, oh, there's the ramp, oh, rah, rah. Like, I mean, it was, it's great to watch. I mean, and the stuff he does on a bike, I mean, he's taking it to, Yeah. I mean, I know you can't do that in content like those 720s and whatnot, but even to just go for that stuff is just awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, right? Uh, it was uh, it was really cool to see him do all that and, and innovate it that way. Uh, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, presented by Maxis and Renthal with Tommy Clowers. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Um, well, cool, man. Thanks uh, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. It's uh, nice to catch up with you and, and find out, you know, kind of what you're doing and, and, and everything else. Uh, I, I, fa- I mean, dude, like you said at the top here, like, you, know, you traveled the world. You made good money freestyle. You got to experience pro motocross at the, at the tip of the sport, you know, top tens and everything else. Like, yeah, man, you got to be stoked with how everything turned out. No, yeah, I definitely had a. I always tell everybody, man, I had a good run, you know, retiring. I guess you know, out of, out of that side of it, at forty years old, that's pretty, uh, pretty good. And then, and then get a real job and settle in and yeah, cruise along. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely, man. Uh, I think a lot of us would trade that in a second. You know what I mean? A heartbeat. All the stuff that you've done and been able to accomplish for sure. So, 
Um, thanks for the time, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, good luck with everything. And maybe we'll see you down at the races at some point. Okay, man. I appreciate it. Cool. Take care. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go.